Hello and welcome to the Eyes of Autism podcast. Today we are speaking with Kelly Elton. She is a wonder woman of sorts. She's played a key role in implementing inclusive environments for people with disabilities. Her work history is so extensive, you're going to hear more about that as well as a variety of topics, like the difference between terms behavior and communication style, as well as some interesting information about housing for adults with autism, among all sorts of other topics that we get to. All right, I'm excited. We have two new people here today. Um, We have Kelly Elton, and then we have MTG, aka Mom the Great. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we are going to introduce both of them. (laughs) And (laughs) Mom, if you want to start off, um, what do I ask you? <laughs> I don't know what do I ask Well, you? I'm Mom the Great. I'm MTG. Yeah. No, it's just a joke, um, obviously. Um, I'm Danny's mom, um, Annette Napoli. And my mom. And, well, okay, I'm Marissa's mom, too. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. No. Um, actually, I'm five kids, but um, these are my two oldest, Marissa and Dan, and they're, they're the closest in age. Air fist bump. So they've always been very tight. They're only 19 months apart. And so Marissa's always been with Dan, and Dan's been with Marissa since they were little babies. So Aww, pretty we, much, yeah, they were a little, so little, so little babes. This podcast with them mm. and and uh, and Sarah, the other, and Kyle, and is not surprising to me at all. No, so no, because I think it works. I mean, the two of you working together, it works. Aww. Hey, bro, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. anyways, yeah. so that's and we'll me. actually so. Mom is here be- to help interview our guest because Kelly Elton has been um, very involved with our family the past couple years. Yeah, a few years now, I think. And a couple, oh, yeah. few, well, years. <laughs> and yeah. so we brought mom on the show to help with that, to help ask questions. And we're also going to, mom's going to have her own show one of these days too and talk a little bit about the history of of Dan and and mom and dad and us and and all that jazz and we'll get yeah. to, into that eventually but we are mainly here today to talk to Kelly Elton so hi Kelly hello how are you <laughs> good how you doing I'm great thanks <laughs> thanks for having me on yeah well when we when we came up with this idea for the podcast we were brainstorm well we had a ton of meetings and we were brainstorming at one of our meetings all the different people we wanted to talk to and every single time we came back to you because I don't know anybody out there who knows Kelly Elton just knows that she has this demeanor about her that is just so calming and reassuring and awesome, right, Dan? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Dan's favorite word, awesome. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, thank you. Yeah, no, no pressure. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. No, no pressure at all. Honestly, just say the thing, like, when we're talking, you just be yourself because that's what has wowed us the past few years, helping mm-hmm. us understand Danny and helping us understand autism in general. Exactly. Exactly, indeed, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, to start us off, what are you doing now? All we'll right. start in the we'll start in the present, and then we'll go to the past a little okay. bit too. Um, in the present, right now, I am working for uh, Avenues for Autism. We just finished up our Crossing Paths networking group, so it was a networking group for young adults with autism. 
kind of get us through those last couple months of the pandemic and of the 2020 year. And it was really great to see um, the young adults come together and and share their shared experiences and learn from each other. And I really believe in the best way individuals can learn is from people with shared experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, One fabulous moment I always talk about was how one young man who has had a job for a number of years then um, began talking to others about his job and encouraging them to get jobs and stuff. And so that was like one of the yay highlight moments mm-hmm. I had um, with that. So I'm working for Avenues for Autism and I'm helping him with some behind the scenes administrative work. I am the vice chair for the Autism Provider Network of Northwest Ohio. And that's just a great group of providers um, that come together that somehow provide some sort of services or support to um, individuals with autism in our community. And they could also be self-advocates who are providers as well. Mm -hmm. And we just come together to talk about shared experiences or, you know, different nuances we're experiencing. Or, you know, I can remember one of the first meetings years and years ago, they talked about um, the the staff and the direct support staff and some of the rates that they were being reimbursed and how do we encounter some of those. So there's, you know, some things that they start out with. Most recently, we had... um, uh, a speaker come on and talk about travel and a provider within our group is a travel agent for um, helping navigate um, autism friendly locations to travel so that oh that's awesome oh, yeah we're so actually that. interviewing someone in a couple weeks about that oh um, but she is she's not from Ohio though okay but continue no that's it's awesome. really great because it's it's so needed to know where to go that you'll find that empathy and acceptance and empathy that's part of our mission statement Continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. Yes, I love that word empathy, just because I think we all need more of it. So, um, and then uh, I'm also on the Toledo Lucas County Commission on Disabilities, um, and that's just basically where we're a group of citizens that come together, and we're appointed by um, the county. Well, I'm appointed by the county commissioners because I live in the county, and um, just work on creating accessible Toledo and Lucas County um, for all individuals with disabilities. So. Mm-hmm. And what brought you to this field of work? Is there experiences in your life that you were like, wow, this is something I need to do? Or did it just happen naturally? What what brought you to this field? Okay. Um, kind of a couple things tenfold is, well, I grew up with my cousin and she is actually my mother's cousin. Um, and I won't say her name, but she also was, mm-hmm. um, she had Down syndrome. Okay. And, you know, I always was like, Growing up, why didn't she go to my school? Why does because back then the education for all act just was passing and, oh, and people okay. were. What is come, education for all? Um, it's allowing. It's the act that then said students with disabilities had the right to education, but at the time that free and appropriate public education wasn't always attached to it. So, um, for example, my cousin she went to a workshop for school versus going oh, to the public school. Interesting. So, and what year would you say that would be? Um, late 80s. Late 80s. Okay. Uh, m- wow. Mid to late 80s. Well, it's 80s. funny because that really isn't crazy long ago. No. Yeah. And some so. European countries just passed their Education for All Act in like 2015, 2017. Oh, wow. my gosh. I mean, there's wow. there's still yeah. places out there in the world mm-hmm. that, yeah, wow. unfortunately. Um, As you were saying, I'm sorry, you were no, talking you're about fine. your My your cousin. cousin. So mm-hmm. just, you know, we were always um, <laughs> friends growing up and and really joyful. And so when I was, we moved back to the area um, after my previous career, I 
really looked at, I, I worked for Bear Sweet Farms. And the reason I sought that out is because um, I actually have my undergrads in exercise science. And the whole premise of um, Bittersweet is built on gross motor stimulation and um, meaningful participation, things like that. And so I was really inspired and I, I started um, working there. And mm-hmm. just from there, I worked there for over a decade and um, I just really grew and was so thankful for the individuals that brought me into their world and let me be a part of it. And they're, it, I really say it's the individuals who... Um, taught me what I needed to know. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I really just, it's because of what they gave me that I was able to go and help others. So, you know, there's nothing like real life experiences to really educate a person. Uh, people go and get all of, all of these degrees, which of yeah. course are very good things to have and continuing your education, but getting that experience in there is really beneficial. And Something so so you mentioned the word self advocate and that's actually you are the first person I ever heard that term from. Can you explain what a self advocate is? I think a self advocate is someone who feels empowered to just kind of speak up for themselves, mm-hmm. to say you know what their wants, needs, and desires are, um, and. Maybe if they can't express it in a verbal way, they can express it in a written way or through, you know, if they communicate using um, some sort of uh, electronic device or they, mm-hmm. they're able to express it. It might not always be verbal, but they're able to express it and then speak up for themselves. So. Nice. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. And, kind and, of. And a, and, a lot of, and a lot of awesome words that I was, I was, I was trying to, you know, Really trying, trying, trying to pay attention from because that's that's pretty. So that's some awesome yeah. words. Mm-hmm. That's Thank an awesome you. speech. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, that's yeah. an awesome story. As well, as what I'm yeah. trying to say. Well, Kelly knows her stuff. I mean, exactly. She breaks things down in a way that <clears throat> I don't know that I feel like. You know, we you can relate to and understand. Almost like a plan, like one, one, right. one through three. Yeah, she four. breaks yeah, it and down. Keep it simple, right? Yeah, exactly. simple solutions. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and that's so. awesome. That's really awesome. And I was going to say, just a lot of it is breaking down these barriers that society has put in place that are so senseless and needless. So it's really exactly about you know uh, when I talk about self advocacy, talking teaching individuals that it's not anything from them or wrong wrong with them. It's these crazy barriers that society has put into place and mm-hmm. and how can we get past those barriers and you know break down those barriers that society has put and what so. would you say and not just you but anybody around the table but what would you say some of those barriers are because I, I feel would a would a barrier be something like social media um stuff that's out there how would you describe a, a barrier I mean, when people say social norms, I see that as a barrier. Because what is a norm? I mean, to each of us, it's based upon our own shared experience. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, uh, for example, I'm a certain generation. You guys are a certain generation. For each generation, there's different social social norms. That's for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. So just putting that out there and telling someone, well, that's not the social norm, that's a barrier. Right. Okay. That's that's almost like an easy break or hard to break. It depends upon the person who brings forward that barrier. So if the person is open and has empathy, most likely they'll let that barrier come down and they'll be more accepting. But I think when you face someone who's stubborn and stuck in their ways and not Mm -hmm. open to diversity, 
that they might be a lost cause. Right. Now I get it. Now mm-hmm. I get and I it. feel like I see that a lot on, on social media is a lot of people very stubborn, closed-minded, stuck in their ways. And it's good to have conversations like these to perhaps start breaking down those barriers once again. Um, <clears throat> so I, I brought up social media because that's what I think is one of our biggest social norms. Would you say so, Dan? It, it's kind of – it's. It's it's, odd for people to not have a social media account, right? And Right. Yeah. Yeah. And mom actually just got an Instagram. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not on social media except for, well, now I'm on Instagram. She keeps sending me pictures of dogs. I get get a lot of joy out of some of the really funny Mm -hmm. stuff on Instagram. Like really silly stuff. And um, and I growing you. No, no, it's fine. But no, I, I, yeah, the social norm thing is a tough thing. I, because, one, it depends. Like you, you have to have some. You have to teach social norms um, to the to individuals, or, or we all have to learn what's quote acceptable or not acceptable or appropriate or not appropriate. Um, but we also have to learn to you know accept the different. So it's it it gets tricky trying to teach that in a manner that it can be broken down. Right. Okay. And and so that's why. You know, when we work on social norms, so we we talk about them a lot. Um, but I get, but I appreciate. See, that's what I like about you, Kelly, is you you t- you look at things from the other perspective, mm-hmm. and that's what I, we're trying to work with Danny on is seeing another person's perspective. And, and he's been doing he's been doing a great job. job. He he has been doing yeah, really well. Past, like, um, years been, yeah. yeah. So, but I think you also you. This is what I like about Q Kelly is you come in from the other side and say, well, that's true. However, everyone needs to, even neurotypical people need to learn the norms of others. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. What is socially normal? As long, you know, but there's a line there. I, right. I don't know. It's a yeah, tough thing. And there is a line there. And I mean, obviously, there's some things that are just completely illegal and unacceptable. Right. But right. Mm-hmm. I think when you bring empathy in, just like your mission yeah, statement, you, said, mm-hmm. you you can then have some teaching moments, and um, especially if the person's willing to be a part of those teaching moments and and willing to say if something bugs them or not. You know, I think it's when someone does an action and someone's annoyed by that action, and they just try to ignore versus just speaking s- the speaking truth. Speaking the truth, right? Right. Right. That is that is such yes. We all and that's another social norm nowadays, I think, is is being kind and kindness to everyone. Well Which yes, is good to we an want extent. to be kind, but we also have to be honest while being kind. And Danny, we talk about this because that's one of his um his things is he's you know, what what is it? You say be clear and concise and honest with your words. Exactly. Because there's, he, it's hard for him to read between those lines. So, so yes, that's perfect. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. That's exactly what what we've been talking about. We actually yeah. talked a lot about that uh, when we spoke with Tom Island in the last podcast as well. Is is if somebody, it's it, and it's so funny how it just comes up all the time because, and I, I'm just actually now realizing how much of a social norm it is. 
because it's already come up in our first two interviews on this podcast, right, right. is the fact that people are very kind and that is so great. It is good to be kind, yes, but it, it is. is almost more important sometimes to just be honest in a kind way, but honesty, because if, if people are not honest and they're sugarcoating things, right, Danny, you don't like the word sugarcoat. We've um, talked about that. Mixed feelings. Some, yeah, mixed feelings about the word sugarcoat, and I get that. Um, but then there's no there's no learning happening. So how is a person with autism supposed to be expected to change their behavior if nobody says anything about it? Right. Because then the people who are helping them don't know that that's a problem. Right. right. And so that is a social norm. Honesty needs to become more of a social norm. Um, and I I was going to bring up social media again and how I see it. Well, sometimes no, it's purposeful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also purposeful words, meaning purposeful. I like that. Like if you if you want to say, you know, um, Danny, it's, it's great to see. I'm using you as an example, as if it's okay. Um, gosh, it was great to see you today, Danny. And I, and it's great to have this uh, friendship with you. Um, we, we may not see each other often, but I, when I see you, I enjoy your, I just have a blast with you. We have a great time hanging out, whatever. Right. As opposed to maybe saying, you know, Hey, yeah, let's hang, let's hang out again really soon. I love you. You're awesome. You're my best friend and all that mm-hmm. because that gets all like mixed up. It's not, it's not clear enough. It's, it's not specific. But but it's kind. It, it sure is, is nice and it feels really good, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. How do you feel in those situations when you <clears throat> when you're a little confused on the terminology people use? Is he shrugged? Just um, no, for, no, for no, our no. listeners. <clears throat> shrugged his shoulders. No, um <clears throat> I I yes, I must admit it's kind of hard hard to, to tell and, and know what's the difference, but at the same time I just I just, I just roll with it if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because, 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 um, because I know people. I know a lot of people. A lot of a lot of my friends are busy, mm-hmm. and that they are, they're trying to live their lives, and they're and they're honest with me, saying saying that, saying that yes, yes, we're busy. We yes, yes, we we're moving. Yes, we're doing this. We're doing that. This is endless, but I, I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Because they're they've been honest with you about it, exactly and straightforward. Yes, exactly. you do have some great people in your life who do that, Danny. Exactly, some wonderful people. Exactly. Well, if, oh, I was yes, going to say, can we say? go back to one thing? Just because yes. I, I just um, want to interject. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, I also hope that maybe we can um, teach the listening audience that. Um, not to call it behavior, sorry, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's a form of communication and we all communicate. Okay. And, you know, um, just because, you know, and a lot of people in the outside world say, oh, that's a behavior. Well, no, that's a way that they're communicating and I communicate and I have, okay, well then I, I have like behaviors that. too okay, all the time yeah. because that's good. Um, okay. that's, you know, but it, it's the manner in which they're communicating, whether they're, um, I, I list. I just listened to Tom's, you know, when he would talk about he was repeatedly calling the young lady, you know, so that's not a behavior that's he's communicating and he didn't receive any feedback. So he doesn't know how to, you know, he wasn't sure like he's that. trying to get the feedback. So Right. He needs and the so, feedback. Um, it's more about communication and stuff. And then uh, let's I know a lot of the outside world puts that stigma on, especially on um, people with autism. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a behavior. No, it, it's a communication. We all communicate 
in some various forms. I I, never, yeah. yeah. I never heard it put that way. And that makes so much more sense. Exactly. Exactly. So instead of using words like their behavior, it's like, oh no, their communication. Style. Yeah. Style. Okay. Exactly. Like that. Exactly. 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 That's just (laughs) another, it's a fresh way of looking at it and Mm -hmm. to get a different approach to how to help and how to give supports for that. Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. for people who are just learning on how to um, support their friends and family with autism, I think it, it takes away some of that negative aspect that Mm -hmm. is always sometimes brought along into it and, and helps them kind of refresh or rethink. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That makes sense. It does. Mm -hmm. Well, I had a, a question. It's a very broad question. So answer it however you wish. But if somebody came up to you and just said, and they, they knew your line of work and they said, I don't, understand what autism is. I don't know anybody with autism. Um, I've never really read anything. And they asked you, what is autism? And I know that that is a very broad (laughs) question. How (laughs) might you answer that? Would you answer it by saying, well, that's a very Have broad a question. And let me get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. you know? My Basically. mom would like coffee. I'm very like, much how much like time do we, you know. Yeah. You have as much time as you want. <laughs> you know, I, I really, when people do ask me that, I. Oh, I, so you've been asked that before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes. I think I, I asked her that. No, I'm just <laughs> I, I, you know, I tend to find out what perspective they're coming at it from um, and why they're asking those questions. So, for example, I've had. Um, Teachers, gen ed teachers with, you know, they have no real training um, in their undergraduate years and sometimes even with their master's in um, what is called special education. So, you know, some of them I refer to Ocali, which Ocali has some autism internet modules and it's like an autism 101 course. Um, So I'll refer them there. And also within there, they have the evidence-based practices for supporting someone with autism and I I'm a big believer in research and Mm evidence-based rather than um kind of this third-hand holistic kumbaya type things Mm -hmm. I I really like to have evidence or um sometimes there's not always um research-based but there's um promising practices so they're, they're they're gathering the research it just hasn't been done enough um so sometimes I'll direct them there if it's a family or it's a, a parent of someone who's newly diagnosed, I'll usually link them to another family that's maybe in the some mm-hmm. similar situation they're in. So sometimes it's teens who get diagnosed late in life. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably link them to a parent who has a teen and they have some years under their belt with navigating services. And you know, if it's someone um, early intervention, I'll link them to an early intervention uh, parent just to try to get them with someone. I always believe in that shared experience. So who can yeah. best help them? Sure. And when you mentioned Ocali, is that related to OcaliCon? Yes. Like so the, that's okay. the larger organization that okay. hosts OcaliCon. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, because we were there, right, Dan? Exactly. It was awesome. It was yeah, really awesome. We were there because of you. <laughs> yeah, that's Kelly, right. And that's Kelly when you got, us to yeah, it. with Tom, right? You, yes. That's when yes. you met Tom. Yeah. Yeah, we met a lot of people through that That. OcaliCon through that convention there. I was like, the word, the word, the word. Oh, yeah, the yeah. con part. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. It's like Comic-Con. Yeah, like yeah, Comic-Con, Dan. Like Comic-Con. Exactly. That's exactly. one that we really have to go to soon. Yeah, we will. We will. We will. 
Yeah, we look we look over at Kyle, our producer. There's three in August, two in September, four in October. Oh, we gotta go. (laughs) We have to go. Now San Diego is Thanksgiving weekend, so nobody's going, but still. Yeah, still. Okay. That's the one I really want to go to. Can I ask Dan a question? Yes. Oh yeah. What costume do you wear costumes when you go to um, um, we yeah. haven't gone yet. Oh. Yeah, um, I want to dress up as I want to dress up as superheroes. Which one? Probably either Superman or Batman. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He usually dresses on. for work when he goes to Comic Con. Because usually he's working. Oh yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much <laughs> oh. working those Comic Cons. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do enjoy going to those when when you're working in the booth and seeing Danny talk to people and then just see him in his element, just yeah. talking to people, shooting the stuff shooting the, <laughs> the breeze about right. the breeze yeah right. about comics um. <laughs> marvel versus right. dc yeah yeah pretty much pretty much um okay well <laughs> exactly going back to <laughs> exactly <laughs> going back to to autism and if somebody were to ask you what is autism and then you say that you would make connections between um where they are coming from and then someone that you know someone with experience coming from their shoes a little bit. Yes. Is that correct? And and I, and I appreciate that. And I think that learning by example and learning from experience, again, we go back to the learning because we're constantly learning. Yes. Um, I think that's admirable and that makes sense. Right, Dan? Right. Right, Mom? Yeah, yeah. Right. it sure does. And so to give a little background to our audience as well. So a few years ago, Kelly helped us ho- host these autism seminars uh, we called them seminars, but really it was, so it was pre-COVID, it was pre-pandemic, and it was when people could stand in a room together. <laughs> and so we would have our living room just full of people, and it was awesome. And sometimes it spilled over into the other front rooms, and we'd have to talk a bit louder, but we talked about autism. And so I want to ask you a few questions that we talked about there, because it really did help a lot of people. We had a lot of people come to those seminars. We had a lot of friends. We had educators. We had new parents. Mm -hmm. We had experienced parents. um, All ages. All ages. And and I think that some of the things we talked about would be very beneficial to talk about now and actually have a recording with it, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we talked about is executive function. And... What is executive function? Let's start there, kind of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know, but you can ex- you can explain it better. Okay. I, I I triple. I I know what it is, but I can't. Right. I can only explain it with an example. You know what right, I mean? Right. So I don't want to. Yes. So I've always been taught that it's like kind of the stuff that happens in the front of the brain, because mm-hmm. that's always what I imagine is the from science class yeah. or. Right, science. Um, in the front of the brain, like there's little like things you had to color in when we were kids. Like this part is the executive yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell that <laughs> I went into English and that's <laughs> sorry, continue. So I, I think okay. a lot of it has to do with um sometimes there's differences in the executive function, um, particularly um with people with autism. And it's just things like task sequencing, um, multiple steps or multiple tasks at one time, you know, accomplishing those and just adding supports and knowing that sometimes there's a difference where those things can't be done without the support in place. Mm-hmm. And 
So now defining executive function in individuals with autism, what are some, would you say not behaviors, communicators, like some ways that they may, um, they may just dis- some things that they may display. I'm trying not to use the word behavior. Okay. I'll, I'll give you one. One time I was working with um, a young person and I had, I we were trying to teach independence too. And we were um, working on money management. And I, so I gave her the phone number to call for social security. And I said, here, call this. And you know, this is what you're asked. So I kind of wrote it, but I didn't realize there were so many phone prompts within calling social security. So mm-hmm. There, she had to receive press whatever number to then press that, you know, and so that became a complex task mm-hmm. um, that kind of um, pushed her executive function um, to the, you know, to the limits of needing a support. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't find out until that she told me she couldn't call. And I mm-hmm. then tried to call and I figured out, oh, okay. Yeah, I have to um, do the steps. Yeah, I didn't do the steps mm-hmm. for the phone prompts. Mm-hmm. So... And is that where the the pictures come into play? The when we because I remember we Danny we used to make these all the time and we actually still do. When we were coming up with the podcast, I have my journal right in front of me. We were trying to explain how a podcast works, and so we drew pictures um, to show what <laughs> they're horrible pictures. They're little, very good pictures. Um, uh-huh. And we had um, little stick figures like one sitting at a desk and all kind of looks like they're dancing around a microphone. Um, but is that where that comes into play? I think so um, because it takes away the abstract nature of what, but by having, and I hate to categorize individuals with autism one, but most tend to be visual learners mm-hmm. and um, have difficulty with abstract processes or thoughts where they, if they haven't seen it, experienced it, or witnessed it, coming up with what the potential might be. So applying pictures to it, especially for a visual learner, gives them an idea of what the expectation is. Yeah. And here we go back to what we talked about within the last couple of podcasts too, is ap- application. Again, we come back to that. Application and examples, visual examples are very important in the learning process. Mm-hmm. And were you going to say something though? No, I was going to say, well, Danny and I talk sometimes and um, I catch myself like I'll say, oh, Danny, you, you know, we're going to go here or whatever. You have to do this and this and then I need you to go upstairs and grab it, you know, and he'll tell me sometimes he'll just he'll he'll say, mom, stop, you know, right when it's too much, when I'm mm-hmm. being too much. Mm-hmm. And and like, oh, wait a second, you know, because he he's logging it in there and he's like, OK, these are things I have to do. But she's just throwing this stuff at me and I have to stop and say, wait a second. And I know and well, you know, what is your favorite way to list out how in order of things you do bullet points? Right. Yeah. Like tasks in order. And he loves that because and that's what your bot, your one boss you had one time did. And I know Kyle helped did that, too. Right. Is list out. First, you're going to do this. Second, you're going to do that. And put things in an order because he wants, Danny said one time, Mom, everything, sometimes I feel like the thoughts are in, they're just flying around in there. Yeah. And it's hard for him to figure out what he's supposed to grab first. Right. You know? Exactly. Like a bunch of little Supermans flying between all the different planets. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So um, the reason why I all, and also, um, and also, the reason why I wanted to do the autism seminars and seminars, and we could, could we could we could do them again in the near future is that 
the reason why I wanted to do them was because I wanted to teach my my friends in person mm-hmm. on, on 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 how my mind works works pretty much pretty much and and, and it helped out really well. It, it 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 really did, but 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 if we if 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 if, if we could do them again, we we could update update some things in there, mm-hmm. like uh, like the wording and everything. And on top of that, like yeah, and one of the things Dan that we've talked about before in this process as we've been coming up with this podcast um, is that this is kind of our new way of doing seminars too. So we can eventually do that at some point. Maybe? No, yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. know, I know. But and, right, but right now we can't because of COVID. Yeah, that's one of the reasons, right? And this, what's cool about podcasts is that people all over the world can get them, right, right, and listen from right. anywhere they are and on their own schedule. So, so that's one of the things that we have to keep in mind. But we can, and we hopefully will, be able to do those again someday. Because those those were it was just honestly fun to have to see people like piled into our living rooms and maybe if it if if it gets to a point where we need a bigger space that would be even more awesome yeah so is it okay if I ask another question are we good on the yeah we, yeah, we, yeah 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 go right ahead cool so sense sensory I I had um. I had a colleague come up to me once and they learned that two of their family members are were newly diagnosed with autism and he was flabbergasted by the it, it was very new to his family and the sensory overload was what surprised him the most and can you speak to that at all the sensor how okay. Yes. Sensory. Um, for, and for everyone, it's different. Right. Um, even, you know, for mm-hmm. your senses, my senses, completely right. um, different. But sometimes um, some individuals with autism have heightened sense- senses or lowered senses. And heightened senses means, you know, if there is, for example, ants crawling on the wall they, or the lights that are humming, mm-hmm. um, they can hear those at profound levels because it's so loud to them. And then um, there's on the flip side, and there's some um, research behind this um, regarding introception, but individuals um, who don't feel pain, and then there's some individuals who just a touch feels like you're piercing them with mm-hmm. knives. Um, so it, the sensory differences um, can be extreme and um, pretty profound and pretty overwhelming to an individual. Uh, everything from... Maybe they need to wear sunglasses inside because the lights give them migraines all day. Um, and, you know, for me, I'm pretty casual. If someone needs to wear sunglasses, let them wear sunglasses. If they're in, if that makes them a productive citizen and able to, you know, just because they're inside, we have to, like, eliminate that barrier. Um, but then, you know, on like I said, for the other side, some people have heightened senses. Some people have lowered senses. It just depends upon what mm-hmm. they need. And then sometimes... Um, their systems become overwhelmed with energy and they mean, you know, you might see um, some uh, people, you know, using a trampoline to get some release or swinging on a swing to um, get some of that stimulation or a single point swing or some sort of like active movement to kind of let it, their systems kind of get the energy out Mm -hmm. per se. Yeah. 
And I guess I never really realized how it could either be heightened or, or you said it was, how did you phrase that? The terminology you used, low, lower, uh, higher. What did I just say? Yeah. <laughs> well, it could be heightened high, sentence high, or, or very low. Like, very so they low. might okay, have an underdeveloped, mm-hmm. like an yeah. under response, not mm-hmm. underdeveloped, under response to mm-hmm. a sensory stimulation. Because okay. that, um, Dan, do you mind if I share, do you remember watching fireworks at the Mud Hens when you were little? Is that okay with you? Do you want to talk about it? Um, yeah. Um, so basically, um, and, and the fireworks, they were pretty loud, but now I've gotten used to them pretty yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And, but I remember when we were yeah. little, yeah. Uh, going to the Toledo Mud Hens games, we would have to close the doors um, in the suite that we would sit in, and there we'd close those doors and Danny would stand really far back in the back of the room with mom. And mom, I remember sometimes oh, looking back at you and you would hold the headphones on his, like, like almost like really press tight. them yeah, on his head because much. you liked the colors. Right, mm-hmm. Danny? Yeah. His, yeah, but it's just the sound. He likes the colors, but the sound is what, but you still enjoyed them, but the sound, if it got through, would be very stimulating right yeah is that is that correct i don't want to know yeah that's correct that's correct correct? okay yeah yeah and so i guess i haven't experienced yet the actually you know what i just had a eureka moment what danny how loud do you listen to the tv (laughs) yeah i was just gonna say but we've we've come on full 360 yeah (laughs) i wow dan i hadn't but you know in that what you just said though i I'm always like, Dan, can you please turn it down? Because it's so loud. It's, well, it's like a movie house. theater. It is like a movie theater. But that makes more sense. I'm just having a moment where I'm like, oh, my goodness. The he way that you that. just phrased it. And that's what I love about these podcasts is that we are also learning. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. But, yeah. And then, Dan, you like that in movie theater kind of space. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Very um, very correct. <laughs> very correct. So, well, I gotta say, when when I was learning about sensory, um, I guess sensory people's sensory systems and, and Danny, I did, it made no sense to me. He was li- he was like three, four years old, and I was trying to figure out some things, and I was trying to I was reading on all like there was a lot of things we were doing, and um, I really didn't. I have to. I didn't get it. It took me a while to understand. Well, what do you mean he can't feel where his body is? I don't understand what you're trying to say to me. That you know, it was really hard to get my hands around. Right. So Danny remembers this, and it's funny because it's a and it's this about um, kindergarten. Do you remember being in kindergarten? And I came into the. I used to go into the classroom a lot. Yeah. And I came into the classroom one day just to visit, and um, I'm looking around for Dan, and I don't see him anywhere. And then I look on the floor and he's rolled up in a, in a, a carpet, like he's in a, like a little butterfly in a cocoon. Right. And he's just <laughs> smiling up at me. And I'm like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> I was like, why is he on the floor rolled up and he can't move? And, and it was for set, set, and the teacher, I can't say her name. She was awesome. She was amazing. And, um, and she, she's like, oh, well, he loves this. This is his calming time. And I'm thinking, hello. You know, I I had some things at home that we had the vest and all this and that, but I never thought a simple thing was to make you feel all snug like that and roll you up like a little, like a little 
butterfly in a cocoon. Right. You loved it. Exactly. And he remembers that. We talk about it sometimes. He remembers that. Dan, mm-hmm. do you remember when mom got those giant body socks? Yeah. And I think you got us matching ones because I wanted to be in one like, <laughs> next to you, right, Dan? Do you remember that? So yeah, we get that wrapped do. up in them together and just lay on the floor. They actually right. were very comfortable. They, they, were. Were. they really were. We should find those. Would you? Would you think you'd go back in one ever again? No. <laughs> yeah, probably not. And right, no. that shows growth. Now, is that is that also pretty? Yeah, um, typical like that. It changes over time. Sensory it, needs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. I've seen it. Um, I guess it's just natural even for everybody, sensory needs. Or that maybe sometimes even if the individual like might still have a sensory need, they find other ways to create it as um, they get older just so okay. that, you know, um, that it fits their timeline as to where they're at in their mm-hmm. life. Um, okay. But, I mean, I, I've known um, adults who've taken up running. But that's a great, you know, that oh. because that's something else they were doing in order to, you know, um, offset not having some of that sensory equipment mm-hmm. that fits them as right. an adult. So, yeah. okay. Or other forms of exercise or. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really go away so much as you learn how to incorporate something into your life. But some might say it goes away and, and like, um, there's I brought up interoception. There's some different training through an occupational therapist, and they're working on um, teaching more mindful. I don't know how to really describe it, but it's kind of teaching individuals to um, learn about their senses and and better understand it. Uh, I know they've had great success in teaching those who did, haven't really experienced pain to actually then acknowledge or have some sort of pain, um, and I meaning in a meaningful way that. You know, when they never experience pain, they could injure themselves significantly and yeah. not know they're injured. Right. I just read an article about that. A so. young a young woman who her pain indicators, I don't know the, the terminology, but were completely, she didn't have them. So she didn't know if she was com- like totally hurt, or, hurt okay. broke her leg. She didn't realize. And, and that's funny that you bring that back up because I wrote it down because I wanted to ask you about it. It was a buzzword for me. I was like, hmm, I wonder what that is. So interception, intro, is that, am I saying it correctly? Yes. Interception, what is that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I only know small tidbits, okay. but I can okay. definitely direct you to the right people. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> um, and I believe the lady's name is Kelly Mayer. Or, I'll, I'll direct you to her, but mm-hmm. um, she's on Facebook and they have a there's a book out and it, it's really um, cool and what they can do with um, individuals to help them, you know, like I said, with the, the those who have really um, under responses to pain mm-hmm. to, you know, be able to feel something and know they're safe and know yeah. they're not relying on another person to know if they're safe or not. That mm-hmm. That's, you know, okay. a skill and building for independence. Yeah. This has been part one of our interview with Kelly Elton, but the interview just went so well that we are adding a superpower episode on Wednesday where you will get to hear the second half 
of our interview. So stay tuned for that and listen in. In the meantime, please go to our website, eyesofautism.com. There you are going to find a variety of materials. You'll find our podcasts. You will also find lesson plans and activities to connect to each podcast, as well as a contact page, a little bit about us. And feel free to reach out with any questions, any ideas. We are ready for them. And we will talk to you soon. Rock on. The Eyes of Autism podcast is brought to you by the Eyes of Autism team. Marissa, Danny, Sarah, and Kyle. Our theme music is Metropolis Daybreak by Cody Martin. Find out more at eyesofautism.com.